This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. This is the Adam Gold Show. I do know that they're playing tonight. Are we down to five teams? Yeah, it is five. I mean, I mean, are we down to four teams? I no, t- we're not. Totally messed up that bit because I was supposed to say, are well, we down to four teams? Well, we are no, down to five. <laughs> but we've got five left. Yeah. Yes, five teams left. Let me know when we're down to four. I believe that'll be after tonight. Yeah, four o'clock game today, actually. That's, see, I, I'm old enough now that I can be a little uh, crotchety about my sports viewing. I could say, ah, in my day... There were only four teams in the playoffs. Now, if I was really old, I could be like, in my day, there was only two teams in the yeah. playoffs, right? Just the winner of each league yes. playing the World Series. That's it. But I was trained to only pay attention to when there's an ALCS and an NLCS, and we're on the verge of that. And, in fact, I might even make an exception and watch some afternoon baseball today. Yeah, it's 4 o'clock game. Since we have that lining up. That is one of the many things we'll talk about today. I am Hayes Permar filling in for Adam Gold, and I have the uh, honor – I guess, oh. of being produced by former Panthers head coach Matt Rule. Uh, yes. <laughs> at, at, at the end of the day, Hayes, there's always going to be sports to talk about. I, and, and for us, you know, it, it, we got to make sure we do the things the, the radio way. I knew, Are you one of us, Hayes? I, I knew he would, wasn't working for the Panthers. I did not know he was picking up uh, – I did not know you were picking up extra shifts uh, filling in at 99.9 The Fan, but uh, quite – not, not the 99.9 The Fan isn't great, but that is uh, a bit of a, a drop. Well, you know, I, th- there are connections between the Panthers and the, and the fan because 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh is actually the, the local affiliate uh, of the Panthers. Okay, so, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, that, so that's, why, that, that's why I'm here. All right, well, uh, Dennis Cox, check out his great videos. Still going on. I think the latest <laughs> one dropped today. Uh, he's got just a series of Matt Rules <laughs> going on. Uh, follow him uh, on Twitter at the Fan Rookie. Uh, also, the Culture State Podcast. You can uh, check out all those videos they drop on their social media. We, we, I might need a few more Matt Rules during the day to get me through. I, I believe, am I crazy on this? Mm-hmm. Like, it was, it was literally you were the one that brought to my attention mm-hmm. that he says, I got to go check the tape. Like, instead yeah. of admitting that something went wrong, you would say, he would say, I got to check the tape. I was like, really? And, like, you were like, yeah, let me pull some audio for you. And, like, you were doing it, but then also, like, showing for me. And, and I, uh, and I was like, dude, that's a, that's a pretty good Matt Rule you got going on there. Um, <laughs> Thanks. And, and it is, uh, it's only grown from there. And I've now seen, I don't know if he picked it up from somebody else, but the, there was a coach, I can't remember who it was this weekend, that used it multiple times NFL, like, I got to check the tape. I got I to check, check the, tape. the tape. But it's basically the, I don't feel like answering this question, and so I'm going to claim that I have no recollection of anything that happened until I can go back and review it on the tape. Yeah, but basically you, what it is. You made the, fa- the phrase famous, got to check the tape. At the end of the day, for us and for us, those and, are the, uh, elite. Those are the big. Those, elite. Those are the big three. Uh, fortunately, we don't have to worry about the Matt Rule Panthers anymore. We still do have to worry about the Panthers, and actually, do we have to worry about Charlotte sports in general? Yeah, we're going to discuss that on the show today. But right now, let's get out of the gate. They played Monday Night Football again, so I guess we have to talk about it. I have some questions. Okay. Why do the Broncos keep getting primetime games? <laughs> That's a great question. I mean, they are not fun. They are not interesting. The Broncos serve a, a perfect purpose of you need teams to play at 4 o'clock on Sunday. 
Yeah. Right? They are one of those teams of like, they're not, specifically to the North Carolina region, we're not like overrun with Broncos fans, right? But they're not a a, a nothing, no-name team. Like, everybody kind of knows the Broncos. So, like, for example, whoever's good out West right now, it's like the Chiefs or the Chargers. They have quarterbacks that people want to see. When the Broncos are like the perfect foil. It's like throwing the New York Giants or the Commanders in there. They're like, yeah, they got enough of a fan base that they're always relevant, right? Um, But right now, they are teetering on relevant. Now, to be fair, they've lost in overtime the last two times out, right? So, two overtime losses. They're two and four. That means you could be four and two, right? If you do some Matt Rule logic there. Yes. um, turn, Turn it around. But it's not just that they've lost. It's the way they've lost. Mm. They've just looked bad. What what happened to Russell Wilson? That's another one of the questions I have. Uh, they He threw a touchdown early. Second half, they had negative passing yardage in the second half. Did not threaten to score, and it just looked bad all around. Um, it's a weird thing. And also, Russell Wilson, there's probably other people this applies to, but Russell Wilson is going to be the rare person that very well might have the distinction of at one time being the most underpaid player in the National Football League. Because if you remember, he was drafted in the third round, which came with third-round money. That's usually when you're drafting a backup quarterback. It's, you know, if if you are supposed to be a big quarterback, you're taking in the top half of the first round, maybe late in the first round, right? That's where most of the starters come from. Third-round pick, it's like, eh, we'll see. Maybe he's a backup. Maybe we develop him. Russell Wilson was leading them to the Super Bowl, I think, on that rookie contract, making, I don't know, like half a million dollars a year. Now he's in this $250 million, I don't know how many years contract, and it looks bad. So he, he's gone from being maybe the most underpaid player in the NFL to maybe being the most overplayed player payer in the NFL and I talked about this a couple weeks ago when I was on here with the Panthers where they're on the virtue of being not just bad but being a punchline where like the only time they come up is when people are making jokes about them mm-hmm. like when a quarterback plays well and like oh can't wait for the Panthers to try and sign that guy in two years and, yeah you know, like that like that's where they're headed um the, the same is true of Russell Wilson it, it, it he was always able to deflect, I mean, not that he tried to, but it was easy to be a fan of Russell Wilson, even if you thought he was inauthentic, because he was winning. He won Super Bowls, and that's always cool, right? Like, kids are going to like people who are a winner. When all of a sudden you're losing, and people are, like, memeing you and mocking you, and the let's ride, and the subway commercials, I just... um, Now, if I'm a betting person, I'm not necessarily betting on Russell Wilson to turn it around in season this year, but I'm not betting on Russell Wilson being done. He seems like a guy who um, has overcome odds before. He's you know not expected to be an NFL quarterback, sort of coming out of college in in the manner that he has been. Right, believed in himself. So um, I expect it'll get back, but uh, it doesn't look good right now. Russell Wilson was asked if, with the defense playing so well and the offense playing so poorly, if this has caused any divide in the locker room. No, we don't have division in our locker room. I mean, you guys saw how we how hard we played for each other tonight. I mean, everybody, it didn't go our way, but um, everybody's fighting their butts off every day. The guys up front, all line, receivers, tight ends, running backs, the de- defense, the defensive line, linebackers. Um, and just, I mean, our, our safeties in corner. I mean, everybody's playing for each other. We felt like we could have won the game, um, you know, and then we had the foot play at the end. And, and we still felt like we could, you know, uh, right before that play, we still felt like we could have won the game. And it didn't, it didn't work out. And um, But there's, 
everybody's together. We still believe in everything that we can do. Did he just did he just list the positions? Was that what it was? Did he just filibuster about it? I Wait, believe he did. Every, was it, everyone was trying hard. The safeties, the O line, the D line, linebackers. Running backs, like you just listing positions that we're doing yeah. now. Everybody played hard. Yeah, the guards, the tackles. <laughs> I mean, it did sound a little bit like a, like a Matt Rule. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna name things here. Yeah, just to make my point. Exactly. Russell Wilson, 15 of 28 for 188 yards, one touchdown. Gross. Um, yeah, I'm, I'll be interested to see how this turns out. The other big question I have from the night, and I realize that I'm not a doctor or whatever, but it just watching the game, my question is. Why does Dustin Hopkins keep kicking? <laughs> like, we, we hear how, how vulnerable those guys are and, it, like, the awkward position you are when you're trying to kick a ball that hard mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, every a, a small muscle tweak can, like, really throw things off. And usually it's like, shelf that guy. Because, I mean, a good kicker is helpful long-term, right? So you'd sacrifice kicking in one game for having the right kicker for the season. But, man, they just kept running that guy out there. That's how they you know that he's not like Justin Tucker or Harrison Butker or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. if he was more valued, they would not have had him kicking. Now, all credit, he kicked, was it four? Yeah, four field goals. Four or five in the game. I think three in the second half, including overtime or whatever. Um, But it was just painful. It It was like watching Tiger Woods when he would play on, on one knee, you know, before he had the surgery, he was playing that U.S. Open. And you're like, if this wasn't a U.S. Open, this guy would be out of here, right? Yeah. But because he's still in contention, so he's swinging. Just, uh, Dustin Hopkins swinging that leg hard and then going down to a knee grimacing. And, again, apparently it was, like, just getting tight or whatever. But I'm like, I don't know. In watching it, it feels like Dustin Hopkins is taking years off his kicking career just to make a couple kicks on Monday night against the Broncos. Again, no doctor am I, but it just it had the feel when when he was would go down every time. Uh, Justin Herbert, the quarterback, was asked about Justin Dustin Hopkins and his uh, gritting out the injuries. We've got so much respect for him. We know he's hurting, um, and you know that's the great part about the NFL is those guys. Uh, you know they're they're committed to our team, and um, you know. He, He's tough, and that's all you can say about him for, for him to go out there and play and uh, put up with some pain like that. Um, it's great to see from him. I don't know, man. It, it feels like I would feel like I was thought of as expendable if they were still sending me out to kicks. May, well, may, it's go, also probably him being like, no, I'm going to go out there and I do know, it. I mean, he, had the hurt, he has a hurt hamstring. He's like, no, I'm, no you send me out there. Because otherwise, who, who are you going to send? I mean, can your punter place kick? Uh, oftentimes, they'll do the punter, uh, you know, kicking the extra points. Usually, the punter, yeah. like, can practice an extra point. But some of these were, like, legit kicks. Uh, I mean, maybe they would have gone for it on some fourth downs. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not knocking the result. Obviously, it worked. And the guy got it done. He talked about uh, – I read some quote where it was like, he shortened his backswing and just tried – I mean, you can kind of see they're not regular kicks. Almost like, you yeah. know, like a, a little – almost like punching the ball through. I'm trying to do a golf motion here with my hand. Yes, just but yes, Dustin Hopkins. Again, I was it was cool to see him do it, but I was also like, why is this guy on the field? Get him off. Another Monday Night Football game. We can we get? Have we had a good primetime game at all? We had one good Thursday night game, I think, this year. I think the season opener with the Bills, and then yeah, then we've had some trash Thursday Bills nights. And Rams was all right. Primetime football, be better. Uh, next up. Salisbury, Burlington, Archdale, Archdale, raise up your Carolina Hurricanes, still undefeated, 
82 and 0 on the table. I don't know exactly how many points. I guess it depends on if we get no. If we get all those wins, we get a point every time. I was trying to factor overtime yeah. in, but I guess if you yeah, get wins, did, yeah, two points every time. It's what there we go. Sixty-four points. Eighty-two and set all. records. We're not. We're not even wasting time in overtime. We're not giving other people points. Nah, exactly. Canes are three and zero. Oh. 2-0 on the West Coast swing. Last night, the victim was Seattle. We beat them down 5-1. Andre Svechnikov, two goals and assist. Monster. Sebastian Ajo, goal. Consistent. Standard. Jordan Martinuk scored Let's a goal. Go. Look, when, when, when rosters were being set, mm-hmm. I saw a lot of Kane's Twitter. Now, a lot of it was couched in, love the guy. I love the guy. But... Maybe it's time to put somebody besides Martinuk in there. I'm just saying I saw a lot of that from Kane's fans' Twitter. I don't know if that's actually, I don't know if that's what the experts were saying or not. Everybody knows that Martinuk brings sort of intangibles to the team, right? And those things are important. The question is, what is he giving you on the ice? And does mm-hmm. that package together with the intangibles to make a player worth keeping? Well, if he's scoring goals, then I think it is, yeah, right? Yeah, he's killing penalties. There we go, Marty. Um, and maybe the story, the, the story for the first three games from what I see and and my own opinion, is Andrei Svechnikov, he's been good the past couple years. It's not like he's been a disappointment, right? Oh, yeah, he's been really good. But there is this belief that he might have monster in him, right? Yeah. And and to be fair, he started at such a young age that, like, he is now just getting into the, the young 20s where it's, like, peak, still young and fast, but also, like, more cut, more experienced, stronger, smarter, and there's this thought that it might all come together and Svetch could be the super Svetch beast that we hope he will be. And there's early signs that he might be. The other uh, great sign early on is Marty Natchez. I don't know how many points. Is it five points now? A couple goals? Something like, I think it's around five points. Two goals, points. three assists so far. That sounds right. Um, but points he's, in all three games. He's going to have 82-game point streak this season, Hayes. There we go. Uh, he's, he's. There were some questions last year about um, whether it was – his fault he was underperforming? Was it where he was being played? Was he out of position? Was he not in the position he wanted? Um, I don't have all the answers to those questions, but it was clearly on his mind at the end of last season and, in theory, on the mind of the coaching staff. From the looks of the start of the season, everybody's on the same page in, in the Martin Natchez world, right? Yeah. Um, and he's playing to prove himself, and right now he is, and so we just hope that continues. He has always been one of the most fun dudes to watch for me. I remember a couple years ago, he is – so fast mm-hmm. and you'll it'll be a especially in like overtime or something it's fun watching nature's just fly around there and so if if they get all-star level svetch and all-star level nature's 82 and 0 still on the table exactly 82 and, and, and 0 still on the table seth jarvis is playing better too yeah um it's it's been fun for the canes hopefully they it It'll be a stretch if they come back home undefeated, but regardless, whenever they do come home, uh, the excitement will continue to build. Uh, next up, getting out the gate. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes it rains. Ah, the wisdom of Bull Durham. It applied in the playoffs last night because the Yankees and the Cleveland Guardians? Yeah. Is that right? It's hard to keep up with team chain name changes, but the, uh, the Yankees and the Guardians – postponed for rain last night they did not play that means you get afternoon baseball today yeah four o'clock yankees guardians i gotta think do we get live cut-ins of aaron judge oh yes 
No, he's not going for any records now. Doesn't matter. He's he's not going for seventh place on the regular season home run list now. <laughs> so there's no reason to, reason to cut in on him. Um, I got to think baseball execs are pulling for the Yankees here tonight, right? Of course. Because you, you didn't get the Dodgers. You didn't get the Braves. You got stuck with Phillies, Padres. Sorry to all the Phillies, Padres fans out there. I'm just saying what the, what the money wants, right? What the TV ratings wants. Yankees, Astros, obviously... That would be the the rating series that the TV executives would want. So, Guardians Astros doesn't quite have the same ring to it. So, I'm going to pull for the big sports story and pull for the Yankees tonight. Also, I'm kind of a Yankees fan. Don't tell anybody. What? Okay. When, when I was nine years old, I was put on a team in baseball, and that okay. team was the Yankees. Okay? okay? I didn't know that they were the evil empire. I just went with the team. Mm-hmm. That had the name that was on my team. Uh, as I mentioned, Phillies Padres also start tonight. Give me the Padres in this one. I like you, Darvish. I like Blake Snell. And I like Manny Machado. And Juan Soto. I like I like when teams go big, I like for it to work out. Unless it's like Daniel Snyder or some owner that I hate. Like I like when teams that go aggressive and they're like, we're going to try and get the best player. We think we've got a window right now. And they move on that window. I like to see good things happen for him. So, I'm down for the Padres to win the whole thing. Next up. That bear doing? That's a bear. Panther. That's Sir Purr, bro. Who? Sir Purr. How you say that? Sir Purr. Sir Purr. Oh, Sir Purr. Wow. You call him that? That's his name. So, you be like, what's up, Sir Purr? That bear doing? Fortunately for Robbie Anderson, I do not think the thing he'll be remembered by is the being kicked off the sideline during the second half and getting into a shouting match with the coach. Fortunately, the thing he will most be remembered for is that clip right there. What's that bear doing? And then also the like, wait, that's his name? That's how you address him? Sir Purr? Like his not understanding. He was. I enjoyed the Robbie Anderson experience. For the Panthers. I wish there had been a little more. It's definitely an experience. Pass catching, but I blame that more on the quarterbacks and the play calling than I do Robbie Anderson. He showed flashes uh, in the one good year that he had. Yeah, his first Not year last year. Was it two years ago? They dropped a bunch last year. He did have a bunch of drops, but he he, he could play the Ted Ginn role of like, if, if everything else around me is good, I'm fast enough to run far and make the defense at least react to me you got to throw it to me like three times, and one of those three times I might catch it and something fun will happen. But I'm going to move the defense a little bit by running fast down the field, and then you can Christian McCaffrey it over to the other side, right? But uh, I enjoyed Robbie Anderson. I enjoyed the fact that he was willing to take the podium after getting kicked out of the game by his own team. But alas, he has been traded not just a seventh-round pick, a sixth and a seventh-round pick. So we got our money's worth there. And next up, That's right. The King and Duck back at it because the NBA opens tonight. You know who's excited about the NBA season finally opening? The Charlotte Hornets. That's exactly right. Even though the Charlotte Hornets are probably going to be pretty bad to very bad, they're still excited because the season starting means that the offseason is over. <laughs> and this is one of the worst offseasons 
in the history of off seasons. I like to refer the to it as the the uh, the Charlotte Hornets and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad off season. Um, let's review this very quickly, and then we're going to talk to Brian Geisinger about some more NBA stuff. I keep opening the wrong document there. Let's see. They tried to hire Coach Kenny Atkinson from the Warriors. Mm-hmm. In fact, they did hire. It That's was reported right. that he That's was hired. Right. And then he decided, no, not to. And then instead of getting an exciting new coach, they brought back their old coach. That's right. Like you, I, There are people like me who are going to tune in and be like, Steve Clifford, didn't we fire him? Yes, we did. He is back. Uh, then the arrests begin. Montrez Harrell arrested, although his, in my opinion, was a little BS. It was like a couple pounds of weed, whatever. Mm-hmm. But against the law, he got arrested. Miles Bridges arrested, much more serious charges. LaMelo Ball got hurt. He's probably not going to play opening night. And then just this week, James Booknight arrested. I'm not even sure who they drafted, but I'm not hearing a lot of talk about him. So, oh, they drafted one dude that then they traded. Yeah. Just a bad offseason. So, as bad as the season may be, the offseason ending is just a good thing for the Charlotte Hornets. Now they can move on. They're caught between two, the two most important things for the future of the Charlotte Hornets. The Brian Geis will probably hear this and like admonish me later are doing whatever they can to keep LaMelo Ball. And I don't know what LaMelo Ball wants from the Charlotte Hornets to stay, whether it's money, glimpse of them being, you know, having hope in the future. Mm-hmm. And then the second most important thing for the Charlotte Hornets is to be bad enough this year to get the best chance you can at getting Victor Wimbamayam. Am I saying that one right? Wimbanyama. Wimbanyama. There we go. Wimbanyama. Uh, I'm interested to see, again, I'll, t- well, I'll ask Brian, who's going to know more about this than I am. But there's like talks that a, a lot of teams will be tank, tanking. Yeah. And it seems like if you go back and look at the history of like super prospects like LeBron James, you know, when it was a can't miss guy, it would have been worth doing whatever you could to get that guy. Because when you get the superstar on your team, it changes your franchise. Go look at Giannis, right? Yeah. Like when, when he became one of the best players in the NBA consistently every year, their franchise became a a different thing, right? So that's like whether you're the Kings or the Hornets or the Pacers or some other nondescript, no-name team, if you get a guy who is a top-five player in the NBA, you instantly become good. Free agents are coming there. You're going on TV. Good things are happening for you. So everybody's going to be trying to get this Victor guy, and let's see if the, uh, the Hornets can do it. And the final thing, getting out the gate, I never remember what came out during the show yesterday or before, so I may be repeating, but UNC, number one in the AP preseason poll, Duke is 10th. It's the 10th time that UNC has been named number one preseason. If they only have six titles, does that mean they failed four Hmm. times? Actually, obviously they won the title some years where they weren't preseason one. Let's just be glad that being preseason number one doesn't like guarantee you a spot in the final four like it does in college football. Okay. Yeah. So at least UNC, if they whether they win it all or not, they're gonna have to earn it by winning six games in a row in a tournament, presumably two or three of those games against another pretty darn good team. So it won't be they won't be in the final four just because they're preseason number one, as is the case in some other college sports that we watch on TV. This is the Adam Gold Show. 
I chose William Peace University because of the small class sizes. I feel that you get more one-on-one -on -one time with teachers. With class sizes like about 16 per teacher, you can really get that one-on-one -on -one help a lot of students need. A 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu.